We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ivy Nation, welcome to the Irish Breakdown Podcast. We are live here on a Monday, which of course means this is Notre Dame recruiting hour and game week, of course. I know I woke up this morning, I was super pumped, ready to talk some ball because we're only a few days away from Notre Dame kicking their 2023 season off against Navy on Saturday. So want everybody to get on cozy, get welcome to the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Smash that like button. Make sure you do that right now before I get too far into this show. We're going to be talking about high school football, actually. This past week, we had several Notre Dame commits in the 2024 class that were fresh to start their 2020, their 2023 season, so their senior seasons. And I had a piece that came out actually late last, actually not late last night, midday yesterday, where I talked a lot about some of the key players in the 2024 class for Notre Dame and some of the starts that they got off to their season. So I wanted to highlight some of those football players because you know that on this show, I hope that this comes across really well to you guys because the one thing that I love to do, and this goes back to my like NFL draft roots, is I love to highlight the backgrounds of football players a lot and talk, really talk about the person behind the rankings behind the offers. And that's why I love to have all these guests on the show. That's why I've had a lot of I me. Mean, Jadon Blair's come on this show before. Carson Hobbs obviously is a regular on this show. We had Nate Roberts when he was committed to the University of Notre Dame on this show. Working back to the 23 cycle, we had guys like Jaden Greathouse come on the show, Sullivan Absher, Sam Pendleton. We've had a lot of great guests over the last couple of years. And it's really because I like to highlight a lot of what these players are because we, I think we really emphasize who we really emphasize what we see on Saturdays, what these players are doing on the field, the type of football player they are, physical traits, all that great stuff. But we don't really talk about the people enough, in my opinion. So I drive as many interviews as possible. And of course, I want to highlight some of the results from this past weekend because there were several Notre Dame players, Notre Dame commits that started this off on a great note, talking about the 2023 season. So we're going to work through that. I'm also going to work through the tight end board. As I kind of mentioned, having Nate Roberts on the show a little bit before, we know last week 
he decommitted from the University of Notre Dame. So I want to talk about the tight end board, what it looks like right now. And I really think there's kind of a three-step process to keep an eye out for for this 2025 tight end class for Notre Dame, which is still a very, very important class, even with Nate Roberts decommitting. And then we'll hit a mailbag at the end. I already have several question stars. If you guys could help me out, because I am solo today, obviously, here on a Monday. So if you guys can just put an MB in front of the question, please. It would save me a ton of time because I'm not only talking, I'm not only reading, I am also have to navigate some questions at some point in the show as well. So MB is in the chat. Make sure you hit that like button. I think I already said that. But I'm ready to get going, folks. And if you are excited about the Notre Dame season, if you want to throw a Go Irish in the chat just for good measure if you're live with me on Monday, go for it. Because I know I'm excited, super excited. We'll obviously be having the shows all week, just kind of quick updates. Every day will be 1 o'clock this week. We'll be able to really break down the Navy offensive defense for what we know, what this matchup needs, key players over the next few days. We'll do our mailbag on Friday as well. Brian talked about it last week, but our, usually what we have is the Friday had tended to be kind of a, a last keys to victory and kind of predicting some games and final scores, all that good stuff. That one's going to be kind of moved to a Thursday. So a lot of the prediction stuff is going to be on Thursday. So make sure to hit that notification bell as well on YouTube or any of your favorite podcast platforms. So you make sure that you stay up to date with what we're talking about each and every day. And of course, Saturday, we'll be having the postgame show, as we always do. So excited to get into it, folks. Notre Dame football is right is right here in front of us, and it's been a long offseason. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're stressed about buying tickets or doing some last-minute ticket hunting to college football games, concerts, comedy shows, your favorite activities, Game Time is the place for you. They take the stress out of buying tickets. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. 
Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code IRISH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. Download the GameTime app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. That's GameTime.co. Let's get down to some recruiting talk, though. Like I said, the first thing I want to talk about, and I had a article that came out yesterday. If you guys aren't a member of Breakdown Message Board, you should make sure to go on there. It's boards at irishbreakdown.com. I think that we put out a lot of good content, if I do say so myself. And we've been putting out a lot of recruiting and team intel. And I put out this piece yesterday. This was kind of a recap of, and this is sort of what I'm going to be talking about throughout the majority of this show. But I wanted to do a little bit of a commit recap for the for the first week performers, week zero, where they got kicked off in a fantastic fashion. I think a great way to start this conversation, because this had message board buzzing last night or yesterday evening, and I woke up to a lot of the chaos this morning. I think that we get a little bit hyperbolic, and sometimes, you know, it's it's either one extreme or the other. Either a player sucks or is the greatest recruit that ever lived, and usually there's a little bit of middle ground, but we'll get into that, obviously. So I wanted to start us off with Charlotte, North Carolina Christian High School had their first game of the season. That is the home of 2024 wide receiver commit Micah Bell. And Micah Bell, Micah Gilbert. Micah Bell is a cornerback in the 2023 cycle. Please excuse me. Micah Gilbert and defensive end Bryce Young also in the 2024 class. So what, so this game, first and foremost, they played a pretty good high school in Myers Park. They beat them 40 to 37 in comeback fashion. This was, I saw a lot of the highlights of this game. I wasn't able to watch this one live, but this was a really good football game. And Notre Dame got two big performances from a couple of future Notre Dame stars, some Irish stars. So this is the future of Notre Dame football. And I want to start us real quick. About I want to start real quick with Micah Gilbert, who I thought he didn't have a crazy stat line, but I think when you saw some of his highlights and some of the plays that he made, I think you really just get kind of a deeper appreciation for the type of football player he is. So six foot two, 200 pounds, listed 205, depending where you look at. And honestly, first and foremost, I saw a clip of him just warming up. Mike, that kid got bigger. He's probably six two and a half, six foot three, right around, and he looked thicker as well. So, I mean, Mike Gilbert is a big wide receiver, and interesting enough, Charlotte Christian really used him as more of an underneath threat in this football game. You saw him win the screen game, running slides. He ended up with five catches for sixty five yards in this game, but he did it a little bit of every way. So he caught like a you know just a little hitch at one point, broke a couple tackles. His first reception of the game was actually where he came in motion and he ran just kind of a slide route into the flat. And he made a couple of people miss. And he had like a 25-yard play, I think, on that one. He also caught a screen where he made where he drug a couple people to be able to make some extra yardage. And then, yes, there's still a show on the Friday. Sorry, Cameron. Uh, my apologies if I misspoke on there. So Friday, 
it's a mailbag that is every single week. So yes, there will be a mailbag on Friday. So he also had one of the best catches of the week. Mike Gilbert was working on the sideline and he jumped up and he pulled down this one hand sick grab along the sideline. So although there weren't a ton of explosive plays and five catches for 65 yards is still a really good game, but it's not necessarily like the eye-popping one. I mean, we're used to like stuff Jaden Greathouse would do, you know, what Cam Williams was doing last season. But I think he really illustrated all the parts of his game that are so vital and so interesting. And one, it's the short to intermediate stuff. He's a really clean, efficient route runner, gets in and out of his breaks. And he's a big, sturdy frame with some great hands. So he was able to really showcase kind of his talents and showcase what I think makes him such an appealing wide receiver. So I think that Mikey Gilbert got off to a really good start this past weekend. It was on Saturday, by the way. But, I mean, and again, this message board was buzzing a lot about Bryce Young, defensive end 2024 class. Of course, the son of former Notre Dame legend Bryant Young, as well as NFL Hall of Famer defensive lineman Bryant Young, and Bryce started, stole the show. He ended with two sacks, a tackle for law, another tackle for loss, and a fumble recovery on the day. But if you watch the film, the thing that got you so excited, because Bryce had some numbers last year, folks. I mean, if you look at the production, he had like 90-something tackles playing the defensive end spot last year. Like, he was a productive football player. But you watched him on film as a sophomore and a junior. You're like, that's just a tall, gangly kid who hasn't really grown into his body yet. And we saw this offseason. I know Brian had been updating you guys on this a bunch because he had seen him in, in person at least once or twice. And his body just continues to grow. He now stands at six foot five plus, 240 plus pounds. There's a chance that Bryce Young either ends up as a field end, which is formerly known as the big end in Notre Dame's defense, or he could be an interior player long term. I really think that he has that type of upside. So I, I interesting player to watch because you saw a couple of his highlights from this game. One kid looked like a freak show athletically. I mean, he was. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm sorry. I'm reading chat. Remember folks, I'm also Ryan solo, which means I'm reading chats at some point. So if you hear me talk to myself, remember two things, one solo show two ADHD, just remember that. Okay. So just want to put that one out in the universe. You guys continue to have conversations in the chat though. But if you see me at my eyes wander at some points, just remember, it's a little hard to multitask sometimes, especially for me. First and foremost, this kid's massive, right? You talk about the frame that he has. He's added a lot of good weight to the frame. Really physically imposing football player at this point. But the thing that you wonder when a guy gains so much weight in the offseason is will he be able to maintain the athleticism and keep the best parts of him? I mean, that's the thing that we loved about Bryce Young, even when he was a skinny a skinny guy was that he moved really well, right? Even though it was a little awkward at times. And then you watch this film, you're like, the kid's moving exactly the same as what he was when he was much smaller, when he was probably, probably right around six foot four and 215 pounds. Now at six foot five, 240 plus pounds, the kid still moves incredibly well. You saw that twitch off the line of scrimmage. He was working mostly from a three point stance, but also he had his, he had a two-point stance at some times, working from an upfield rush uh, as a stand-up rusher, excuse me. And the explosiveness off the last scrimmage was really nice. He's still physical. And I'll say this, technically speaking, it was a lot better than it was as a junior. 
but it's still developing. I don't think that technically he's that refined. He just is a really incredibly talented kid. I mean, at that size, there was one play a highlight, and I, I hope you guys follow this new feature that we have on the board. Make sure if you haven't, boards.irishbreakdown.com, if you are already signed up or if you want to go sign up. I started this new feature. It's going to probably be every Monday morning. Highlighting the five, my five favorite plays, basically, from the high school commits from this past weekend. And one of them that I highlighted was Bryce Young not even making a tackle, not even making a sack. It was one play where he came out of a three-point stance and he bent underneath an offensive tackle, showed a lot of bend in his hips and his weight. I'm sorry, not his weight. You don't want to bend at your waist. In his hips and his ankles to be able to go underneath this offensive tackle. And I watched that play and I'm like, look, he didn't make a sack. He probably counts as a hurry in, when you're keeping tabs at home. But that play for me, was probably the most eye-popping play that I saw from Bryce Young this weekend. And there was a sack that I put as the number one play of the week. But that bend is something that I had not seen on tape before. He is a long-limbed, tall defensive end. And typically what those guys are, are a little bit lumbering. And not lumbering as in like they're not athletic, but lumbering as in their levers are really long. He's got long legs. It's hard to kind of change direction. But that bend was really really impressive and when I saw that my mind kind of wandered a little bit to be honest because I thought I had a really good understanding of what Bryce Young could be as a football player because then the number one play of the week was Bryce Young he first of all he was about to get down a three-point stance the snap ball was snapped so he wasn't able to get down in a three so he's rushing from a stand-up position a little bit hunched over and he works up field and he absolutely just tosses the offensive lineman like just ragdolls him and then basically changes direction, able to get him and and get a big sack. It was probably like a 12-yard loss or something. It was a big, big loss game, big loss of yardage. And that's the type of stuff that I expect out of Bryce Young, to be physically imposing and just dominant. But seeing that bend, that was unique, guys. Like, that's different. So in my mind, I'm thinking tall, strong, kind of straight-line player. But then he does stuff like that where you're like, hmm, this kid might be really good. And of course, I, I did put the clips up, Irish Gordy and not, just so you know. If you go on that piece at BorsaIrishRadio.com, I'll try to get it up here at some point because I actually think that would be kind of cool. But, I mean, basically, I, I put up the piece and I just had hyperlinks. So you just have to click the link and then it pops up. I, I think you may have seen it, Irish Gordy not. If you have it, my apologies. So I, but anyway... Open the show right now. I got you. I got you. Let me, let me see if I can do that. I think it would be kind of cool if I was able to, but let me just see kind of tangibly, logistically, if it makes sense for me to do it. If not, I could probably show it at some other time. So that stuff all together, because the, the, the size and the explosiveness is something that anybody could see, right? Like it doesn't take a strong eye for talent to be able to look at Bryce Young and be like, that dude is really big and moves really well. But then he dips and shows bend and able to change direction. And I think people took it a little too far on the board. It was a healthy conversation. So, like, definitely not calling anybody out because I understand why the mind goes this way. But, like, someone said, like, oh, better prospect than Keon Keely. Like, guys, like, I think what we need to understand is that Bryce Young took a great first step. 
if he shows off that that skill set the entire year, I think we're looking at a top 100 player, maybe top 50 player, potentially. But Keon Keeley was the number one player in the 2023 class, in my opinion. Like, that dude is a five-star every single year, no matter what. Like, he is a stud, in my opinion. Doesn't mean that Bryce can't be a stud. But what I'm saying is, is that one game is not going to trump Keon Keeley because Keon Keeley is senior year, I think, had like 17 sacks or something like that. Like, and he was just incredible the entire year, right? So let's just give Bryce a little bit more time. I think that it was an incredible first step. I left watching that football game and seeing all the highlights and saying that kid's probably going to be way better, way better than I th- think he's going to be at the end of the day. I thought that it was a little bit of a, I would say a rushed take because like I understood it, but if that's what we're, that's if that's who we're going to get in a Notre Dame uniform, then man, things are going to get really, really interesting for this 2024 recruiting class. Because as of right now, there's you know a couple people that have Bryce Young, you know, pretty highly rated at this point, but no one has him as a top hundred player, for instance, right? If he vaults into that type of player, then. I think the opinion on the defensive line class in 2024 should completely shift, right? Because Logan Thomas got off to a good start. We'll talk about him in a couple of seconds as well. But what Bryce Young was able to do, I thought really, really kind of just, it made me get a deeper appreciation for the level of athlete he is. Because I already had a deep appreciation for the talent, but I think he might be even a little bit of a different athlete than what I had originally anticipated. So Micah Gilbert. Bryce Young for Charlotte Christian got off to a good start, 40-37 victory over Myers Park. Speaking of Charlotte, North Carolina Catholic tight end Jack Larson, his team took off, took on South South Mecklenburg, excuse me, and they won by a margin of 49 to 16. Jack also made my top play of the week. He had three touchdown catches in this game. He had four total catches. I couldn't find the exact yardage, all four combined, but I know he had a 20-yard touchdown reception, a 14-yard touchdown reception, and a 12-yard touchdown reception. So on the three catches for touchdowns, he had three catches for 46 yards and three touchdowns in the victory. And what I really, really loved about Jack is I think that everything that we think that Jack is was highlighted during this game. Incredibly instinctual, finds open space, really good hands, and great body control. Those things are evidence. But I actually thought that Jack also, just kind of watching him run some routes, thought he looked a little bit quicker, a little bit more explosive, right? Like, I really did. But at the end of the day, he is going to be able to make a lot of tough catches on Notre, in, on the college level for the University of Notre Dame. Plucks the football effortlessly. I would put his hand strength up there with, anybody in the class and that's tight ends and wide receivers included jack larson has a great pair of mitts and he just really understands how to win through contact so he got off to a great start again charlotte catholic defeating south mecklenburg 49 16 three touchdown catches for jack larson 2024 tight end a guy that i think we underrate a lot but i mean all the kid does is produce at the end of the day You know, like there's a lot of football players that I feel like don't hit the eye test for everyone, but then you just watch him play and you're just like, but guys, he just keeps getting, he's catching the football. He keeps scoring. Like he just, he keeps making plays. And that's what I think of when I look at Jack Lowe is the kid just makes plays at the end of the day. So no, 
He's not going to be six foot five. He's not going to be 250 plus pounds, most likely. Maybe he will at some point. And he's probably not going to run a 4-5-40. What he does as an all-around player just makes plays for a good school. Playing good comp, too, in the state of North Carolina. Like, it's not, like he's playing a bunch of nobodies, like the lowest classification in North Carolina. Like, he's playing good comp, too. And he just keeps making plays. So, I like Jack, man. Jack is a good football player. I do wish Notre Dame could have added a second tight end in the 2024 class to really make it a dynamic duo. But that's why we're talking about the second part of this show when we get to the tight end board because Notre Dame still has a chance to get a couple really good tight ends in the 2025 class to continue the trend of tight end U. So Jack Larson off to a tremendous start in the 2023 season. I think if we're talking about offensive football players that are committed to University of Notre Dame, probably the guy that I was most looking forward to seeing this season because of things that I've heard is Anthony Knapp out of Roswell, Georgia. They got off to a great start this all, this season, 41 nothing victory over Denmark. And if you followed that game, was not nearly as close to that final score in the gates, which is pretty wild to say. They were winning 34-0 at halftime, and they kind of called off the dogs. Anthony Knapp, who's listed, depending on what recruiting service you're on, at 6'4 and 268 pounds or 265 pounds. I think that's what mostly people have him at. I put out a piece a couple weeks ago where – Strength and conditioning coach at Roswell had kind of given me some insight into Anthony. And he was up to 282 pounds at some point this offseason. He's been fluctuating between 275 and 282. So he'd been holding a lot more weight than what he had played at previously. And guys, I mean, I'll be very honest, man. Look, I still have some concerns. There's no doubt. But there's already a huddle video of Anthony Knapp from this past game. And, I mean, dominance is the only word that you can really use to describe Anthony Knapp's first game. And, again, playing against some pretty good competition for the most part. And I know he didn't play a great football team this weekend, but, I mean, the guy's ragdolling dudes. And he also made my top five plays from this week. There was a play in particular. It was crazy because they were actually rotating him on both sides. I'm not exactly sure what the reason for that is, but he was playing left tackle. He was playing right tackle. He was playing, like, kind of all over the place a little bit. And there was one play when he was at right tackle where they ran, I think they just ran like a stretch to the right side. And he had helped the guard next to him seal a defender to the to his inside shoulder. And he worked to the upfield shoulder. And there was an, I think, I forget if it was an outside linebacker or a safety. I can't remember exactly what position the guy was playing. But he hit this kid on the second level, drove him to the sideline, and dumped him about, 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage, like absolutely annihilated the kid. And on that film, you saw really good movement, both as in power, his ability to move players to the point of attack, and also his movement skills to work up laterally and to the second level. And he was absolutely burying dudes all game. I mean, I saw a video of, Zeke Carell posted a video of him chugging a thing of Aunt Jemima syrup this morning and said that he did it four years ago. And that's what I felt like Anthony Knapp should have been doing before that game, man. Like it was just pancake after pancake. I'm excited to see him this year as well because Roswell is going to play a lot of good programs this year. They're going to play better schools than obviously what they did this past weekend as well. But based upon the junior film from Anthony Knapp, 
My knowledge of that, his body is gaining really good weight and what he started off with. I feel like I may have been way too low on Anthony Knapp to start this process. I think I was way too low on him because he, I mean, he just looked fluid, athletic. They had a couple of plays of him pass setting where he just looked so comfortable. And I had my questions of whether he's a guard center or tackle at the next level. I know Notre Dame, it sounds like gives him, is going to give him the intent, the opportunity to at least start an offensive tackle next on the next level. But man, I mean, I watched him and I'm just like, I think he might be a tackle. He might be, even though I don't think his arms are incredibly long, even though I don't think he's the biggest guy in the world. He's just so comfortable navigating space and he's so comfortable within his skin, his own skin. This kid kind of has an advanced feel of what his strengths are, what his weaknesses are and how to compensate for those weaknesses. So Anthony now got off to a great start, man. He looks like a legitimately good football player. I hope, and this is what I'm kind of moving to, is I think that I may have been too low on Anthony Knapp to start this process. I think I might have been way too low. And I think part of it was because everybody knows how I felt about Caleb Brewer in the 2024 class, a Pennsylvania offensive lineman who plays tight end for his high school. I think Caleb Brewer is a stud. And basically what happened was Notre Dame, as soon as Joe Rudolph came, said, Anthony Knapp's our guy. It's our guy. I'm gonna, I want him, to Notre Dame. And they basically just stopped recruiting Caleb Brewer. Harry Heastan loved Caleb. Joe Rudolph wasn't as big on Caleb Brewer. So looking at how things are trending, though, is that I think I'm not going to say that I think Anthony now is better than Caleb Brewer. That's not what I think. I think Joe Rudolph may have made a really good evaluation here, possibly. So I want to see how it trends over the next few weeks. I want to see him play against better competition, but I want to see him string together dominant performances like he did in this first game of the season because it looked really good, man. It looked really good. So Anthony Knapp, big 41-0 victory over Denmark for Roswell High School this weekend. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Another offensive lineman that I thought got off to a, a strong start was Hamilton Southeastern in Fishers, Indiana. Styles Prescott, six foot seven, six foot six, depending who you look at, two hundred seventy plus pounds now listed. I had been told that he's actually up to over two hundred eighty pounds now, and I saw his film and he looked pretty filled out. Styles Prescott, first of all, they got a twenty-eight fourteen victory Southeastern. Hamilton Southeastern. They played against Carroll High School. And I watched a few of the highlights. I watched, he's got another, he's another one of those kids that has a huddle highlight. 
I'll get to that question in a second, Jason, because I did want to highlight him. I didn't put it in the piece, but uh, I think we should talk a little Deuce Knight here in a couple minutes as well. So Styles, first and foremost, he looked more filled out. Body looks good. Again, I heard he's been over – he's over 280 pounds now after being about 260-something last year. So he's gained about 20 pounds in this offseason. I thought he looked good. I did. I, I think that he's he has good reactionary quickness. I think he's got pretty strong lower half. I think his upper body is still developing, but I think it's it's a work in progress, and I think it's got good stuff working through it. I still have my questions about him, though. I do. So, but he got off to a good start, and if he continues to build on it, I think that my my columns will be remedied a little bit. But I, I just there's some tightness, I think, there. But we shall see. But Styles Prescott and his team got off to a 28-14 victory, and I thought his body looked more filled out and better as far as how it was progressing. So Styles Prescott, offensive lineman, a in-state product in the state of Indiana, out of Hamilton Southeastern, with a victory. I wanted to move on. I already hit on Bryce Young. Logan Thomas, who is now at Lakewood, Ohio, St. Edward, for people who don't know Ohio football too much. St. Edward's a very good team. Very good team. Two back-to-back state champions, in fact. So Logan played the last couple years in the state of Texas. He was in the Katy area. And basically both his parents were from northeastern Ohio originally. So he had they had moved back up to Ohio for a senior year. I had put a little bit of an Intel piece out there when I spoke to his coach. Obviously St. Edward was very happy to have Logan Thomas come transfer to them because he's a really good football player. This is one that I watched very closely. They played center Grove who center Grove is a very strong team in the state of Indiana. A lot of Ohio teams playing Indiana teams, by the way, I'll get into Carson Hobbs game later as well. They played though. Center Grove has a, a quarterback named Tyler Cherry, who is a very talented player that's going to Duke. I think he was like 17 for 23 or something like that in the football game. But I watched that game. And first and foremost, Logan Thomas looks longer than he was as a junior. He looks taller. I think he's legit six four, four and a half. He's got really long arms, looks the part of a defensive end. Looks like his body is still maturing. I'd say he's probably about 215, 220 pounds right now. That's my guess, just kind of looking at his body type as, as of right now. But, man, he was all over the place, guys. I think the great thing about what St. Edwards is going to do for him is when you look at him previously, at his previous schools, he – was asked to play in space a lot. They basically played him as a 3-4 outside linebacker, which is pretty compatible to a Viper position. But they had someone playing space a ton, playing coverage, set an edge, pass rush at times, basically do a little bit of everything. But what St. Edwards did was they said, Logan, you're playing defensive end, and you're rushing the pass for every play. And I thought that really fit his style well, man. Like, he was getting after it. He had a sack. He had several hurries. I think he tipped the pass or two had run stops. Logan Thomas looked really good, guys. Another one, well, I, I liked Logan from the get when he was offered, but I wasn't, like, in love with Logan, right? Like, there were some other guys, like, I think of, I think of, like, Malachi Williams that's now committed to Penn State. Like, I prefer Malachi Williams, to be very honest. But Logan Thomas is another guy that Notre Dame su- circled in on, and they were like, that's our guy, very early on in the process. And another one that I think is a hit, it looks like it so far anyway, after game one. 
he went and played against a really good team in Center Grove, and he dominated. So Logan Thomas was absolutely fantastic in his first game for St. Edwards. Really good, really good, and really strong start. I wanted to do one injury note real quick. There was actually two injury notes. I guess I'll just get the two injury notes out of the way real quick. So two guys that did not play this past weekend. I had an injury update on the board yesterday. One was Cole Mullins, who plays for Mill Creek in the state of Georgia, who is coming off a championship game. Same high school as Caleb Downs, who is now playing for Alabama Crimson Tide. Cole Mullins informed me yesterday that he had a fibula fracture, lower fibula. So he's going to be out for three weeks because he had that ankle surgery. So I'm sorry, three months, not three weeks, out for three months. So sounds like the season's over as far as his ability to play this year. It happened actually during the scrimmage. It did not happen this past weekend because they had a game on Saturday. Mill Creek did dominate, but Cole Mullins was not obviously not able to play. So Cole, Cole Mullins is out for a while. The other way is the other one is Bronte Johnson out of Northside High School in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So Bronte did not play this past game. They lost 26-13 in their in their season opener. Bronte has a lower leg injury. I haven't been able to determine whether it's a it's an ankle or a foot, but it's one or the other. But he's only going to be out until week three. So he'll be back very shortly. So his isn't a serious one. But unfortunately, Cole is out for three months, which uh, does stink. Yeah, does stink. Especially because we wanted to see her year. That part stinks. He's also playing for defending state champion Mill Creek. I mean, it, it's just it's very unfortunate. But wishing them both speedy recovery. Obviously, we expect Bronte Johnson back very soon. But hoping that Cole has a very successful recovery. I did speak to him, like I said, and. He's in high spirits. He's not down in the dumps on it. So, you know, just continuing to process and to rehab. So unfortunate circumstances, but that's just kind of a quick couple injury updates that I probably could have led the show off with, but the show goes on, sir. Kingston, Dilly Amalasa, who is a linebacker out of Bellflower, California, St. John Bosco. They are coming off of state championship in 2022 and a national championship. Got off to a very strong start. They defeated Liberty 42-22. to Liberty is a Nevada school as well. So they play, I play, they play several schools out of state every single year. And they got off to a strong start, obviously. I know they have another game. I think they go out to Hawaii for a away game this year, which is pretty awesome. But St. John Bosco got off to a really strong start. Point victory. If you watch, because I don't have the official stats from the game because nothing was posted, but if you watch Kingston's huddle highlight tape from the first game, I mean, it's business as usual, man. Like, what do I expect out of Kingston Villamalasa? I expect exactly what he put on film. Him making plays in pursuit, him being incredibly physical, good eye, discipline. Like, he's just a really good football player, guys. I mean, I would be surprised. I'll put it like this. After this year, you're going to be out with, you know, potentially restocking the linebacker room, right? And then you're going to be seeing guys like Drake Bowen and all those guys play a whole lot more, Jay Nosberry, Jalen Sneed. I would be surprised if Kingston came in, though, and wasn't at least in the two deep pretty early on his career. Like, I think he's that good. I really do. I would say that his upside maybe isn't quite as high as a couple other linebackers in Notre Notre Dame's – we're talking about 2024, by the way, David. All the players that we're talking about are 2024 kids. No 2020, because there's only two Notre Dame commits in the 2025 class. Davion Dixon, defensive tackle out of the state of Florida, and Justin Thurman out of the state of Florida, running back. 
hit the run. Um, Tampa Jesuit did have a scrimmage this past weekend, but neither of them had official games. So we're just talking 2024 recruits today. Okay, so, but like I was saying, I, I think there's a couple of guys like a Drake Bowen or Jay Nosbury that I could look at and say, like, probably have a higher upside than Kingston. But Kingston's like one of those kids. He's like, he's like the Jaden Greathouse of the 2024 class, man. Like, is there any doubt that Kingston Villamas isn't at least going to be a good football player for Notre Dame? Like, is there any doubt? I think that there's just got such a high floor, man. Such a high floor. He's just, he's just really good. I mean, at the end of the day, that's kind of. It's just, it's just what it is, man. Like, I, it's really not great analysis, guys. And I, I do pride myself on good analysis. But at the end of the day, like, some kids bring such a high floor to the, to the, to the table that you're just like, there's not much ability for that kid to fail. Like, it, I just don't, I just really don't think that Kingston's going to fail at Notre Dame. You know, like, I just think that he's going to be at least a good football player. Could he be a great football player? Absolutely. Could he be an All American? Absolutely. But is he at worst going to be a good football player? 100%. 100%. So Kingston, business as usual in their victory, 42-22 over Liberty. I think I had two more games that I wanted to highlight real quick. Yep. So Sadie Tabron, Big Powell, Westchester, Ohio, Lakota West. They played against St. Xavier, which is another good school in the state of Ohio. Of course, Lakota West is where Ben Minnick, out of in the 2023 class and i was scoring now i'm about to put you in time out man you need to chill you need to chill leave malik alone <laughs> um ben minnick and malik hartford in the 2023 class of course ben minnick and Notre dame ohio state getting malik hartford tabron benny powell played safety in his first game his natural position i thought he looked pretty good pretty solid I, I, i'm not like all in on tabron benny powell or anything like that's not where i am but I thought he actually looked surprisingly comfortable, kind of working in space a little bit. I had some questions as far as how he would look, but he looked pretty good. I mean, there was one play him working to the sideline. I think it was like a little out route. He was coming from the inside out and blew up a kid on the sideline. I'm like, ah, he looks pretty, pretty good, man. He looked very, very solid. Uh, so I was optimistic for what I saw of Tabron. He also blocked a kick in his in his game as well. So they lost ten to nothing to a very tough St. Xavier team. So hopefully they get back on the winning track next week. But I thought Tate Brown looked good. Looked good. You know, like, again, nothing blew me away about his outing, but I thought he looked like a better athlete than maybe I had given him uh, enough credit for. So, you know, they need to come back and get a victory after a tough, hard-fought loss. But I think they, uh, they still have a good football team, obviously. The last game of the week, this is one that I watched Wall to wall, start to finish. I want to watch my guy Carson Carson Hobbs because everybody knows we do Carson's corner here. He's a good friend of the show. Archbishop Moeller, state of Ohio. They traveled. Actually, they didn't travel. Well, they traveled 40 minutes, but they didn't travel, travel. They took on Ben Davis, which is another really good school out of the state of Indiana. And Carson texted me after the game, and he said, dang. They smacked us. <laughs> they killed us. And he had said something like, we hadn't lost a game like that in years, like to that deficit. It was 49 to 28. So Ben Davis, Ben Davis is an Indiana school. So, and this is a fun one to end the conversation on because there's a, there's a Notre Dame target that played for Ben Davis, which I kind of want to talk about. First and foremost, 
Carson Hobbs, I thought looked, I thought he looked solid in his. So for people that don't know the backstory of what's going on with Carson, Carson had a thumb injury this offseason, which required surgery. He just got cleared this um, the Friday before this game. So he had been only a couple days in practice of like starter reps coming back, right? But I thought he looked pretty good for the most part. You know, there was, it's tough because he's wearing a cast on his hand for like another week. So like he's a press man corner, so he can't get his hands on receivers right now as much. Only his offhand is the, is the one that he could really press with. So I'm looking forward to seeing Carson obviously continue to improve moving forward here. Ben Davis, though, man. And I'm, Brandon, it's great that you asked this question, man, because I wanted to pull this question up because I didn't want to wait for the mailbag on this since it's very on topic. Brandon Plesner asked, any word on how Mark Zachary played versus Archbishop Moeller? Yeah, Brandon. So in my update piece, he made plays on both sides of the ball in this game. So first, first big play of the game for him, he was playing wide receiver. It was actually on Carson Hobbs' side. They were playing, though Archbishop Moeller was playing some type of cover too. So Carson had passed them off to a safety. Mark Zachary caught this little seam ball, broke a tackle on the, on the safety, and went 67 yards for a touchdown. So he looked fast, explosive. I talked to Carson about Mark Zachary after the game, and he was like, yeah, that dude's really smooth, explosive kid, like a really good player. So he had that long 67-yard touchdown. And then the craziest play of the game was there was less than a minute left in the half. Archbishop Moeller was down 28-14, to 14, but – they were on the goal line. They were about to score. So it would have been 28-21 at halftime. Well, Archbishop Moeller fumbled, and Mark Zachary picked up the ball and went 99 yards on a scoop and score for a touchdown. So on two plays, he had 166 total yards and two touchdowns, a 67-yard touchdown catch and a 99-yard fumble return for a touchdown. So Mark looked really good, man. Interesting enough, because Notre Dame's recruited him as a corner, which is what he played as a sophomore. He's a 2025 kid, Mark Zachary. And he played safety in this game. They were playing like single high free safety stuff with Mark Zachary with free safety. I don't think he's a safety. Because one, I just don't think he's going to have an impact in the run game like that. Like he's a little bit of a slightly built dude. So I don't see safety necessarily. But I do see explosiveness, smoothness, and a just a habit to be around the football. So Mark Zachary looked really good. And that big swing in the football game, because that made it like, I I, I think they missed the extra points. So it was like 34-14 at halftime or something like that. And they just coasted at that point. They absolutely coasted. So Mark Zachary looked really good against Archbishop Moeller, a player that Notre Dame fans need to keep a close eye on. I know if you watched our cornerback show last week, I talked about him in like the top group of players, because Mike Mickens loves Mark Zachary. Notre Dame really likes Mark Zachary. So he got off to a really fast start against Archbishop Moeller. So really impressive player, especially this past week. So Mark Zachary stole the show against Archbishop Moeller. And that is all the captains past week. So I'm going to move on to the, to the tight end board in 2025 in a second. Before I do, you could just hit that like button, subscribe to the podcast. Notification bell, as always. And if you're listening, five-star reviews on your favorite podcast platform are very much appreciated. But that's going to do this weekend recap from the high school commits, Notre Dame, in the 2024 class. (laughs) 